Beautiful. All right. Hey, Fish, we are live. We're going to be talking a lot about, we got a ton of things to talk about, but we've certainly got to talk about the cream of the crop in the NFL for the final four. Wouldn't you agree we do have the best of the final four? We do. And just want to say uh, we had technical difficulties yesterday. If you couldn't catch us, it was something between us and, 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 uh, and us. So we will rectify that by just giving you me and daily today. We'll get the hard line on in, in, uh, in, in osmosis final four. Yes. We got the final four, right? Sometimes you go to the, you know, the NCAA tournament and you say, wow, there's a, there's a 12 seed in there. I think we got the best four teams and the Bengals and the chiefs in the AFC and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I agree hundred percent. If if I had to pick at the beginning of the, uh, um, at the, at the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely say uh, it was them. Um, I got to tell you though, I, I think the Eagles, the Eagles are showing to be the best team. I mean, they destroyed the giants who you and I thought were definitely on the rise. And, uh, to me, I look at the Eagles, their personnel is all back. They're healthy. Jalen Hurts seems ready. Um, you know, I'm not going to say this because I still want all the games to be good. I think this could be a runaway. It could be a runaway where the Eagles just destroy the 49ers and destroy whoever's going to be in the in the Super Bowl against them. So, I mean, they're that strong. And I wouldn't have thought that at the beginning of the season, and I don't think you did either, but certainly about six weeks in, I was like, this is a strong team. This is a really well put together team. What are you thinking on the Eagles? I don't. I disagree. I think that they'll they'll probably beat the 49ers. I don't think they run away with it. I think that uh, you know you have number one defense and and this D'Amico Ryan's, who's a defensive coordinator of the 49ers, he'll he'll be he'll be uh, wearing a head coach's headset next season. He's that good. He's getting that much accolade. So I, I think he'll figure out a way to stop the running game which had 268 yards for the Philadelphia Eagles against the Giants. If you do that, then you you, uh, you have a fight, you puncher's chance. Yeah. Well, and I, I agree with you on the 49ers. I actually think, uh, you know, if I had to pick a favorite that I want to push for, uh, it, it would be them. I, I love that Kittle's bobble catch in that game on Sunday. Man, to me, that was that was that might have been the moment of the playoffs. And I think that catch turned it around because – you know, the, the Cowboys defense actually played fairly well up to that point. And then once you got into the third and fourth quarter, the 49ers kind of controlled it. And then thanks to to Dak's uh, mistakes, you know, the 49ers hang, hung on. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and boy, there has been some brutal, brutal criticisms of Dak Prescott and social media. The Dallas Cowboys even put out of, on their own Twitter account saying, Dak Prescott threw two interceptions and we lost the game. I was shocked at some of the reaction to this, but you know, it's knee jerk reaction. The same thing with Buffalo is getting a lot of crap from their own fans. And that's what happens. People are passionate about their teams. Um, I'll ask you this. I think the biggest shocker of the weekend for me, John was the Bengals just destroying the bills. I, I basically thought the bills would win that game. Not to destroy the bills. It's the fact that they had so many injuries, the Bengals, and that takes away that narrative. They're three starting offensive linemen out, and they go into Orchard Park, and and it really was it was a game until about halftime. But you just see that Joe Cool, Joe Burrow was was uh, throwing dimes. Well, and when you think about it, uh, they went up fourteen to nothing. The game technically was over at, at that point because the Bills never. I mean, they kind of came close. It was seventeen seven at the half. Um, 
But how do you not consider Zach Taylor as coach of the year? I mean, what a great job he's done with them. What a great job he's done with Burrow. Uh, I mean, you got to consider, you know, when you figure his first year, I think he won one game. I disagree. I think he won it last year. And I, I think guys like Brian Dable, who took Daniel Jones and that Giants team. I mean, when you have skill position players for the Bengals like T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, the Giants have no one. The Giants have John Daly, the golfer. John Daly, the podcast host, <laughs> Eric the Fish Schneider, and Hardline. And Hardline is basically a center that's eligible. That's it. And they, they made they made there's an old saying. They they made chicken shit into chicken salad. I love Doug Peterson's job they did in Jacksonville. That's a yep. four-win team coming off a lot of crap with Urban Meyer. And there'll be more stories about that. So there's a lot of guys out there. Nick Sirianni well, well, might win it. Philadelphia well, was 15. John, Philadelphia was 15-1 when Jalen Hurts started and dominated like that. Yes. Yeah. Does Zach Taylor get consideration? I think someone else will win it. And that's, that's what I'm saying is that, you know, he's, right. he is, he has not been in the conversation and I think he has, and I think you got to look at what he's done. Uh, you also got to look at, at, at the bills. Uh, the bills need to, in the offseason, they need to get a good rushing duo. Uh, they're putting way too much pressure on, on, on Josh Allen. Uh, and, and I, I look at the bills over the last three or four weeks and I, I realized they didn't have Von Miller and that defense uh, since early December was not the same. And I mean, there were times Jamar chase was like wide open. I mean, there was nobody around him. And even in the snow, when Joe was kind of, you know, shot putting Boston, he still had plenty of time. So there's something, there's something going on there that the bills are going to have to uh, uh, have to get moving. Go ahead. As a fan, you've watched all sports. You, you're, you're the biggest baseball aficionado that, that I know. And we've talked about this on previous shows, but it happened again in the Giants game and the Bengals game. I'm tired of announcers trying to sell the game when you know what the what, what the outcome is going to be. I, I've seen announcers in baseball. I, I don't want to put – I love John Smoltz. But if it's 8 nothing in the ninth inning, turn it off. You have no shot. It's a one in a thousand chance. It's 38-7 to seven with seven minutes to go in the fourth. For the Eagles over the Giants, and they're still trying to sell it. Stop. We're not as stupid as you think we are. Maybe I am. Taking care of the advertisers. That's all they're doing. They're taking care of the advertisers. Uh, right. Hey, uh, let's let's get into because because Patrick Mahone's in that ankle injury, and I'm reading stuff today that he's going to be ready to go, but you're hearing different stuff. Well, I, I'm just going by all the pundits and sources that I have that you have a high ankle sprain. He, he, it's not to the extent that Tony Pollard got the same sprain in the, in the Dallas game. They took him off in the cart, but he's hurting. And I love the rhetoric that comes from Patrick Mahomes. Pain is pain, but he's not going to be 100%. I can guarantee you that. And a lot of his game is outside the pocket and improvisation. So is that going to is that going to hurt the Chiefs? Yes. I also think Cincinnati's, Cincinnati's got that chip on their shoulder. They were in the Super Bowl last year, and a few plays away from winning it. So I think – Cincinnati's a hot team coming in, and if Mahomes isn't one hundred percent, it's the reason why I'm picking Philly and the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you as well on that, and we'll get into those picks later. All right, folks, welcome to Daily Fish, coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach. I'm John Daly. He is Eric Fish Schneider. Uh, we also have the Hard Line with John Hardison from the Cost of Winning podcast and all of his sports betting advice. Unfortunately, he couldn't be with us today because of the technical difficulties we had. Uh, folks, if you've got questions or comments, drop them in the chat box. Or if you're not watching us live, email us at dailyfish1, the number one, dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, Fish, a couple other things. Let's go a little, whoa, Nelly, take us take us back to some super teams. Talk about this. This is actually kind of cool and, and, and kind of an idea for today. Go for it. 
Absolutely. And, I, and I'll throw it forward to you um, on a question thing. The reason why Hardline's not with us today is because in our in our pregame and yesterday, he said to us that the Dallas Cowboys are a better team than the San Francisco 49ers. I think along with all the Dallas fans that are sitting on toilets right now with diarrhea, he's one of them. Super teams was something that John and I watched in the 70s. They had, it was a reality show, basically. And it happened when football season ended in that time between baseball, pitchers, and catchers report. You took the best team in the NFL, Super Bowl winner, and the Major League Baseball winner. And they did all kinds of events like tug of war, John. They did, they did obstacle course. They did cliff diving. They did things that were that they'd never allow nowadays because of contracts. But let me show you a clip of uh, the, I believe it's the, the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Royals from 1978. Now past 20 minutes, which is by some measure the better part of three and a half minutes, a new record for the tug of war. Now the time wears on. The crowd's enthusiasm maintained the level pace as the Dallas Cowboys remained aggressive, trying to grab back the advantage from Kansas City. Couldn't gain much as the Royals held and held and held at 33 minutes. <laughs> Love it. That that is that's that's classic stuff and. You know, let me let me jump in, and then I want to ask you a question. You could give your take on it because I don't want to run you. But I just top of my head, Keith Jackson did that. Woe Nelly is a reference to Keith Jackson, one of the greatest college football play-by-play announcers of all time, Hall of Famer. And Howard Cosell was on those contests with his oh oh look at Randy White in the tug of war, hold that Danish, you know, and all that crap. Freddie Potek, five foot four shortstop yeah. for the Kansas City Royals. John and I are very familiar with him, and those of us that are our age know that. His, he was great, great shortstop of the Kansas City Royals. He actually was the anchorman in that tug of war. And I will I go back and watch that on YouTube, one of our outlets. It's great. Wow. Yeah, hard to believe. So do you think they should bring that back rather than uh, do the flag football? Absolutely. I'll, I'll segue into uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm pissed as hell they're trying to sell this this Pro Bowl, which is the flag football, dunk tanks, who could throw the uh, football 50 yards into a trash can. You know, I, you can't sell that. You cannot sell that to me. You can't tell it, sell it to a an audience that has a cerebrum, a cerebellum, and a medulla oblongata brainstem. I want to ask you this, John. If we can go back, if you can go back and pick two teams in your archive of all the sports you watch that that would participate in this nowadays, who would it be? Well, uh, you know, this is personal for me. I would take the two thousand three Yankees that ousted the Red Sox, and then I would put them up against the New England Patriots so that at least the, the folks in New England would get a little revenge because I'm certain uh, most of those players on the Patriots that won a Super Bowl could, could do that, even though the Yankees didn't win the World Series that year. But uh, that's what I would pick. What about yours? Oh, I would go the 1985 Chicago Bears nice. against the 1977 New York Yankees. The Bears with William Refrigerator Perry, Jim McMahon, Walter Payton. I'd had Ditka on there anchoring the tug of war. The Yankees, Thurman Munson, Lou Pinella, Reggie Jackson, Billy Billy Martin's as tough as anyone on yeah. the Bears. That would be it. I, I could only imagine Howard Cosell going crazy. Oh, look at Reggie You know, so <laughs> that's what I would do. I think it was it, it was great ratings for ABC back in the day. And it lasted a few. It last, I, I bet you that show lasted six or seven seasons. 
I would think so. Yeah, I think it did. And I can't say I was a regular watcher of it, but I did watch it. And I do remember uh, a lot of the clips there. Folks, if, if, if you've got a uh, comparison you want us to put on there, uh, write to us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. Or if you think, tell us what you think about the, uh, about the flag football Pro Bowl. I mean, is something you're in favor of or what do you think? So give us, give us your thoughts on that. There we go. We know what fishes are. All right, uh, next topic. Hey, uh, Shannon Sharp got into some jawjacking from the stands during a Lakers-Grizzlies game last week. I, you know, what popped up to me is, is that entertainment or shouldn't he have been chucked from the arena? I mean, if you and I were jawing with one of the uh, players on the teams or a couple of the players on the team, security would have chucked you and me out in a minute. What, what do you think on that? What's your take? The whole thing was staged. I have incredible sources that said, that it was staged because he's a class act, Shannon Sharp. I've met him, and there's no yeah. way he's sitting there courtside throwing f bombs to John Morant and the rest of the Grizzlies about LeBron James. It's, that's not his personality. He hosts a show called Undisputed with with Skip Bayless, another member of Mensa, and he did that knowing that Monday morning when they came on, it'd be the first thing. It's all about ratings. You you always say all the time, it's everything's about ratings. Okay, the WWE. The World Wrestling Associate, all these, they're, they're all fixed. This is a fixed, fixed, uh, I wonder who the director was. I wonder who the writer was. And they did remove him and take him in the hallway at halftime. He came out in the third quarter and they showed him hugging afterwards. But yeah. it was something that they could use on Undisputed to start off their show. And I guarantee you people watched. I was not one of them. No, I wasn't either. And I kind of, I kind of read it afterwards because it was a West Coast game, but, um, you know, Shannon Sharp did apologize because uh, I think there was a lot of feedback on that. And um, at the same time, too, you know, I, I've got to I've got to think, you know, before he goes in there on his show, they pick their topics and they pick which side they're going to be on. And it's oh. it's it's just set up that way. And that's the way, unfortunately, you know, the sports talk shows are the news talk shows are the exact same way, too. So. Anyway. Let, me ask, let me ask you that real quick. We have, we have a couple of minutes to, uh, to, to expound on that because you have such an expansive journalism background and you did local news and you, you were an anchor and you, you, you said the facts and you're right. If you watch CNN, as far as politics or just news, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, uh, We Now TV, whatever you watch and then you watch these sports shows in the morning, it's all about shocking off. What are you going to say to get Eric Snyder's attention the fish man or get John Daly's attention. And then we talk about it. All right. We're talking about Shannon Sharp on our podcast and that's exactly what they want. Well, and that's true too. But at the same time too, you and I are talking about it in a way, and, and, and I'm sure we, we agree on most of it. Um, but at the same time too, you have to understand, and this is what I wrote about in my book is that there's a sports and entertainment bias in the news and the news when they set up the story, all they're going to do is here's one side against the other side and they argue and they battle and whoever wins wins instead of here are the facts. Here are the facts that you can figure out for yourself. Cold, hard facts. Both sides have their own facts. Instead, they just kind of give you the battle. And unfortunately that's what's causing, and we're going to, we'll, we'll talk about this later in the show because of things that are going on in the country, but that's why we get people battling each other. And that's why we get a lot of you know, we get a lot of violence and we get a lot of people who are not getting along, who are stuck in their own worlds. They're the heroes of their own stories. And unfortunately, we're not getting facts. That's that's the problem. And, you know, unfortunately, sports and news broadcasts are adding to that. So. All right. Want to go to the memes? 
Let's go to the fishy memes. What has caught your eye this week, Fish? Do you got some good ones? I got some good ones. I got some good ones, and we showed them yesterday. You know, everything about as we're approaching Valentine's Day, everything's about true love. So if I could just get my phone. Let me see. Let me see. This. Um, look at that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Is, that is that true love right there? I mean, <laughs> I don't know who these two people are. I applaud them. Um, but that guy looks like, the, the guy in front looks like someone that hangs out at um, young girls religious schools and sits in his car with Cheetos and an orange soda and watches them walk out with their skirts. That's all I'll say about that. But that's true love. I love true love. Here's a, here's the more true love, John. Look at that. That's the greatest man. I love that. I mean, good for them. You know, there were, we talked about it with Porter's who's Dudley Moore was a great actor. was in the movie, uh, famous movie, Arthur. He was married to, I believe her name was Shannon Tweed. She's like five ten, and she would pick him up to kiss him. I would love that, you know. And that's, you know, I wonder um, how well, he, I, he I, also I, he was also with um, who was the uh, who was the other? No, I'm one? wrong. It wasn't Shannon Tweed. Damn it! No, it, it was Susan it was, Anton. It was Susan Anton, and yeah. Susan Anton's like over six feet, yeah. and so and she he, and she pick he him talked, up, and I just he talked about. How this, I wonder how the kinky positions happen with these people because there's such a height disparity. But we have to ask Jack when we get him on the show. Okay. Well, Dudley Moore. Let me, let me just stop. Hold before you go to the next one. Dudley Moore. Uh, one 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 of his very close friends worked with me on Real TV, and he said one of Dudley Moore's great lines was that uh, Susan Anton was so tall, I had to go up on her. <laughs> Daily with a funny one. Hey, breaking news here, exclusive on there you on go. Daily Fish. Hit, wow, <laughs> daily with a subliminal comment about a sexual position. Oh, I, I'm sweating in 36 degree weather. That being said, <laughs> look at that. That that is you don't allow that attire on an airplane anymore. But that's fantastic. Gang shit. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know. How do you walk? How do you walk? That's the thing. Yeah. Well, anyway, go ahead. Go. If you uh, if your walk's wrong, Grandma's gonna take care of him. I mean, she's got the gang symbol. And the Glock 9, uh, we got some t issues about that. Uh, my ex-wives sometimes make it on the show. And look, if Monday <laughs> were a person, Tuesday, look at that look. I have to see wow. fish naked again? My God. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to, you know, that looks like a, I, I think it looks like Fran Drescher and Joan Rivers with hair combed over, bad versions, okay? Look at this. How do you get, wow. There, there's, there's a Raiders season ticket holder that's just fed up. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice beard. Nice beard. Look at this fashion attire, Mr. Daly. What do you think, buddy? Look at those suspenders. I want to. I want to know who makes those suspenders because those things are holding up a lot, and the fact that yeah. they can actually hold them there. But uh, yeah, it's you know, and, and I guess at some point you and I are probably going to look like that. But I, 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 I sincerely doubt it. All I know is that there's an old saying: if if underwear could talk, that wow, that guy's underwear would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would be a preamble and then we're going to end it with this this is uh this is the guy's running for president in 2024 <laughs> his name is chris thong and uh i mean really i mean could you imagine being on a construction site and you bend over and your fellow workers see that how long how long until you get your papers saying you know what this this you may not be right for this job but yeah we give Pre everyone a fair shake here on daily fish <laughs> there That's we the go memes.
All right, folks, thanks for joining us here on Daily Fish. We talk sports, entertainment, and politics, and everything in between, just like you do. We have no woke, no extreme, no social justice cops here. You have a problem with us? No, you're not going to have a problem with us. But if you do, send us comments and also questions to, again, dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, now it is time for Schmuck Swag and Drinks. Fish, who's been schmucky this week? It's a video. I got me scroll down because... It's a, this really happened. This is not staged like Shannon Sharp and John Moran. This this is a couple that, that, that bought dog cages and wanted to try them out. Check this out. Unbelievable. And the dog you can hear the dogs barking saying, You guys are idiots. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Stephanie, I uh, for fair uh some Stephanie last name and her husband, but that was not staged. So I said, you know what? We got it. We got to show this on Daily Fish and show that sometimes what if they got stuck in there and they, and they had you know, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that story? They get stuck in there and no one finds it for three or four days and they die of starvation. I mean, it could have been a scary situation. Yeah, actually could have. All right. Let's see who's got the swag. Who are we toasting this week? Who's got Steve swag? Kuhn. Steve Kuhn. You know, John talks and talks to me every once in a while uh, on our phone. We talk about subjects, and he, he talked about pickleball, and I said it's blowing up out here in Las Vegas. That's Steve Kuhn. He's the founder of pickleball. And I, I, I looked it up, and it's the fastest-growing sport, particip- participatory sport in America, and LeBron James got involved. And he shows it on his on, on his outlets and the shop, and he's invested a lot of money into it. Got four billion hits, billion throughout the world. When LeBron talked about it, now the NBA is invested in this thing. Uh, I, I love it. I played pickleball. I think it's it, it's it's demographic friendly for everyone. What about down there in uh, in Myrtle Beach, John? Do you, you see courts going up? Oh my God, it's it's all over the place. Uh, in fact, in the community that we live. They've actually one of the residents is the head of pickleball here, and I mean it's it's just loaded. So they're and they they're taking over the uh, tennis courts, and it's it's just it's a lot easier, um, and it's also more social. So I haven't played it yet. I I have a feeling I'm going to tear up a knee or an ankle or something like that, and I won't be able to play golf. But anyway, no, it's it's huge around here. It's it's absolutely I- taken off. I, I think you and Terry on a serious now. You and Terry and some of your friends get in that court. It's short. It, it's 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 a lot of fun, and it, it's a it's couple oriented also. And you're going to work up a sweat. I'm worried about you because the makeup might you know smear, and then the, the hair might get messed up. So wear a baseball cap. And you know you saw I change a tire right now. It's 36 degrees outside here. I said my ears are freezing. So anything for show business, buddy. 
and pickleball sure. is is, is going to blow up. Okay. So is 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 your makeup getting smudged with that hat on? No, no, no. But I am, you know, I know why. You know, I'm an idiot. I don't know why I wash my hair and put gel in it and put a cap on. It, <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. All right, I'm, let's go. I'm a we got our drink of the week. Let's see who we're gonna we're gonna toast Steve Kuhn and LeBron with our drink of the week. And what are we sipping here, Fish? You know, usually this this is a green apple martini, and usually this this is a drink that we serve at Chuck's Tavern. You can have it any time of the year, but in summer times it's very refreshing. You do Crown Royal, you do a couple of dashes. I'll say maybe a splash and a half of uh, green green apple liqueur, and then fill up with cranberry juice. And like I said, it's served. I serve it both in a martini and a cocktail. You got the cocktail version. I got the cocktail. So Steve yep. Kuhn, LeBron James. And pickleball. Hmm. Uh, oh, that's good. That's good. Um, I wonder if you should have done a um, like a pickle juice martini. That would have been kind of cool. I'm yeah. sure you got that up your sleeve somewhere. That's, uh, we can do that next time. All right. You know, you know what pickle real quick, you know what pickle juice goes with? Now the big thing is. Shots of Jameson with the pickle juice back. You do a I shot of Jameson that. and people drink pickle juice. So we have pickle juice on, on stock at stock at, at Chuck's Tavern. It's a huge, it's a huge shot right now. So it's funny you bring that up. Maybe we'll do that next week. Yeah, we should. One, one of the things that I tried this week was we have asparagus spears that are pickled. And I used that in a, in a, in a gin martini. Oh my God, man. It was incredible. It was really, really you know, good. You know, the first time I had asparagus, you know how it makes your pee smell? Oh yeah. 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 I, I probably, I want, I want my mom to rush me to urgent care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, the daily fish drink of the week is sponsored by Shucks Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to Shucks Tavern on North Durango on the Northwest side of town. Guess what? Fish is there overnight. Go in there, say daily fish podcast. You get a free drink. Do it the next day. Daily fish podcast. You get a free appetizer. Again, that's Shucks Tavern. Check out Shucks Tavern on Facebook. Again, folks, this is Daily Fish. We're on Facebook at daily.fish.5. Subscribe there. Also subscribe to us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. You can watch us on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Check out Daily Fish on YouTube, Hey Vegas TV, and Wingding TV. Also, check out our posts and our news updates that are on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, also... Check out Daily Fish as well and check out our interviews. Last week we had Brian Cranston talking about the second season of Your Honor and show. Then he also filled us in on the Rams and the Dodgers. And uh, we got some other guests coming up this week too, Fish. Can you talk about those? Well, we do. Before you go back to Brian Cranston, I'm, I'm so into Your Honor and I'm caught up. And I said when we introduced him, if you, if you look at the, the poster for the show, <laughs> I thought he looked like Harrison Ford from The Fugitive. But he looks, in this season, he looks like Tom Hanks when he was on his fifth year on that island, I mean, except he's in clothes. The acting in that show, and I'm two episodes in, you don't have to watch the first season. I I, yeah, I want you to. The acting is so brilliant between him and, and Michael. I'm not, I'm not, look, we're not getting paid at all. We're not getting paid to promote Your Honor, but you have to watch it because it's that compelling. And this week, if we're, in, you know, segue into that, if we're lucky, I know on Saturday, I know on Saturday, we have Jason Bennett, who's the number one Philadelphia Eagles fan. And he's going to talk smack about the Cowboys and talk smack about Philly and its toothless women and its fans and the jail that's in their stadium and why you don't want to go to Philly if you're the opposite team. 
Friday, we're hoping to get Todd Edwards on. Todd Edwards is a, uh, a law enforcement um, lifer who got out of it, and now he's doing construction, and he's a great man. I've talked to him many times. He's got great stories, and he, you know he, he's lived the entire gamut of what goes out on the street. So expect a couple of, uh, of interview shows from Daily Fish on Friday and Saturday. That's right. And if for some reason you don't catch it live, it'll be there. So go check it out. And uh, again, it's Daily Fish. All right. Let's get some of the Daily Fish bets from the hard line. Again, John Hardison, he's not with us here, but he is on the podcast called The Cost of Winning, focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting. He's on Spotify, Google, and Apple podcast. Uh, And we're going to look at the four teams. We've actually got uh, hard lines bets. What's interesting, Fish, is that um, the weather's going to be decent for both the games on Sunday. There may it's be not. It's not. No. It's nine degrees with a chance of snow in Kansas City for that game. Are you Philly, you're right. Yeah, that's what my I, thing's I, yeah. Well, I'm 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 on top of it. I like looking at you know. It's amazing that when you go on all the NFL sites, every weather girl is gorgeous. You know, there's no. I would love to see one time Rosie O'Donnell step up there and, and then belch and go. Bleh. You know, the weather in Philly is like it always is dreary and. No, sir. No, I think the weather is is going to be lousy in Kansas City. Who cares? Wow. Who cares? You see, the well, yeah. the Bengals played in the in Tuck Rule game number two. It was snowing yeah. that entire game. Did you see when they showed Demar Hamlin? God bless him in the yeah. in the booth, John, doing this. You couldn't yeah. see the guy basically. The snow no. was coming down so hard. Yeah, yeah, and it was amazing. In fact, the Kansas City actually, you know, and they're used to snow, but the Buffalo Bills are really used to snow, and they really didn't do it. All right, let's talk about the. Uh, so the uh, Chiefs are one-point favorites at home uh, against the Bengals. And the hard line seems to be saying he's going to go money line with the Bengals. Uh, you, you agree with that? Yes, I do. They're a hot I team. Do. They've won. Look, they, they, both these teams are coming off long winning streaks. I believe it's eight for each of them. I'm, I, I'm probably wrong on that. You can fact check me. But just the, the body of work. And we, and we talked about it. What concerns me is Mahomes' knee or ankle. But the Bengals are hitting on all cylinders, checking all boxes. And if you dominate the Bills in Buffalo with three offensive linemen out, why can't you do the same in Kansas City? Yeah, no, I agree. All right, moving to the other game. The Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the 49ers. Uh, Hardline, he likes the Eagles. Uh, he's gonna, he's, even though he, he, he likes the 49ers, but he's going he's gonna to take the Eagles and the money line. It's minus 144. Um, what, what do you what do you what do you think? You agree with him on that? I do. I, I like the. I said I, earlier in the show. I like the Eagles and the uh, and the Bengals to make the Super Bowl. But I would look. I won't be shocked if he, if, if whoever oh. wins if it's, if whoever wins these games. No one's shocked. It's not gonna. It's not a real underdog. San Francisco is such a wonderful story with Brock Purdy. So the nation seems to root for underdogs. But I I think that train stops in the city of brotherly love. I, I just I love everything about Jalen Hurts. And his yep. disposition, his demeanor, and, and that team is stacked. They're loaded. They got they got probably their backup defensive lineman can start on most NFL teams for the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, when they're healthy and they're ready. And and again, they had those two or three weeks in December where you could just tell they were not healthy and they needed to rest. And my gosh, they came back uh, huge. Go for it. John, over under 50. How many people? Go to jail at the game in Philadelphia. Over under 50 people. They have a jail in that stadium, from what I understand. And that <laughs> it's going to be raucous. You don't want to, that's the one stadium you don't want to go to 
and represent the other colors. They really take it very, very personal in Philadelphia. So I, I guess my question is, I'm trying to figure out um, now the Giants fans, there were a lot of Giants fans there last week. Do the 49ers fans travel fairly well? Oh, hell yes. They do. I okay. mean, well, they came to Vegas when they played the, the Raiders, uh, you know, yeah. five weeks ago. It, it was it was predominantly 49ers. But, yes, they travel. And um, I, I I believe they're going to try and get in. But, you know, it, it could be it could be a problem. I mean, look, there's some stadiums that quit alcohol sales at halftime. Yeah. I don't know if they're one of them, but I would imagine it might be smart to start doing that because these people tailgate for three days. They'll quit yeah. their jobs. To, to, to Hey, hey, Joey, you know, you want to go on to you want to go on to the link? Nah, I got I got this gig. I got to put some PVC pipe in this guy's house. Fuck that. Let's go party. You got it. You know, <laughs> so it's that's Philly. It's, you know, I make fun of Philadelphia. But if you think about the, the, the blue collar part of America, the Liberty Bell, where we started, Rocky, everything about this matchup, San Francisco's sweet and has a Golden Gate Bridge and their Merlots and their Pinot Noirs and, and, and their nice ballets. And Philadelphia is, well, I'll share what Philadelphia is, John. This is Philadelphia. Okay. Let me, let me just uh, go with me on this. This is, this is Philadelphia as far as, that's the beauty queen of Philadelphia <laughs> right there. Okay. That's, that's, that's your Philadelphia. And she takes care of her man. So <laughs> you never answered me. Over or under 50, Jonathan. Oh, I, well, I would, I would say over, but I don't know if they have room for 50. Do they? They probably do. <laughs> they put them in the women's jail. I <laughs> have more broads in there. Oh, I can't. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm definitely saying the over. And if for some reason the Eagles lose, it'll be it'll be triple oh. that. So yeah. I, I got to tell you, one one of the great things about Philly, Philly, and 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 you talked about San Francisco, and San Francisco is a great food town. Philly is one of the great food towns uh, in the world, and it's it's great. Just if again, if you're just a blue collar person, or whether you're a you know an opera singer like yourself. Um, it is, it's a great place to go. And there's tell, tons of restaurants. Tell me, cause you do a show called undercover jet center. We all know Philly for their cheesesteaks. They're famous for Philadelphia cheese. Tell me something that we would know. I wouldn't know about a restaurant in Philadelphia that would just stun the audience. That is it's, it's a James Beard type restaurant. And it'd be talked about in the food network with Bobby Flay and Giada. You know, I can't remember the name, but it's, uh, there's a, um, he's, he's a Michelin, uh, one and, and he, and he's got this sushi restaurant and it, it's just crazy sushi in different ways. You've never seen it before. And I'm drawing a blank on his name. Cause I, we weren't expecting to talk about that, but, uh, wow. if you go to undercover jet setter and look up Philly, uh, you, you'll, you'll find that. And there's, there's probably about, we probably got about 10 restaurants on there that you could go take a look at. And when you look up Philly on undercover jet setter, John will have a prosthetic in his where he has no teeth, his hair's all gelled up backwards, and he has and he has a Philly accent. You know, his host, Susan Azzaloni. Yo, Susan. Yo, Susan. <laughs> let's go to that. What's that sushi fucking joy? He even curses on it. No, he doesn't curse. Yeah. But he he John gets into character. Yeah. No, it's perfect. You'll like it. All right. You'll like it. And that is the Daily Fish Hardlines. And, and again, with John Hardison. Hardison's not with us. He'll be back next week. You can find him here with us, uh, but he's also on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And uh, stick around, folks, because Fish and I are going to get into a little political controversy. All right, Fish. Um, one of the things that's really, it's, it's, it's weird. This is really happening. 
mass shootings in California, and they're happening in Asian communities. Um, this this is this is strange, and it's just and it's it's really pummeling this the state of California. People are really devastated over this. I have a lot of I've said this before. I have a lot of family in Australia. Um, on my wife's side, tons, and they don't. Their kids, my nieces, don't understand when they look on the news what's going on in America. We we look very barbaric to them. I'm a big, big, big uh, uh, Second Amendment guy. I believe that you should own a gun. But the way we're doing, the way our response to these whole things when this happens is background checks, better background checks. You can't stop mental illness. And the bottom line is, and we'll have Todd Edwards on to talk about this. You can't give the public AK-47s, Uzis, bump stocks, hunt around clips. We are, as humans, we are not capable of covering up our anger. And we're seeing mass shootings all the time. And we do nothing about it. And it makes us look like a third world nation. Do you agree, John? No, absolutely. And, you know, just in this year alone, I mean, we haven't gotten out of January, 1,200 people have been killed in mass shootings in the United States. <clears throat> and and again, uh, you know, when we found out it was an Asian community, we thought it was anti-Asian crime. It was actually the, the, the perpetrators were Asian. They were also Asian. They were just angry at their community or, you or know what? what it is. It but doesn't matter me, who the perpetrator was. It's the fact that there's so much out there. Um, I have Metro guys that come into Shuck's Tavern and they'll say to me, Fish, I won't mention names. They said, we just pulled three 15-year-olds over, 15, right, and driving. Remember, 15-year-olds, and they had Uzis on them, okay? <laughs> there is no background check on a 15-year-old, and Uzis are illegal. The black market gun supply in the United States is monumental, okay? <laughs> and I can't, I, I don't know, I don't know the solution to this whole thing because you have a right to bear arms. You have a right to have a Glock. You have a right to have even have a, a Lee Enfield 30-06 shotgun if you want. But these the, these weapons, assault weapons, I think Samuel L. Jackson, the actor, said the reason why they call it assault weapon because you assault people. And yeah. look, 90 99% of all gun owners are responsible. But we live in fear of the 1% that are not. Yeah, no. And, and the main cause is easy accessibility to deadly weapons and <clears throat> nobody's going to do anything about it. That's the problem. All right. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about the next one. Uh, and you kind of, you kind of touched on this too, with, with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, having all those people at, uh, um, at, at the parties, at the parties before the games, uh, where are all the plumbers, mechanics and electricians? Uh, I don't know about you fish, but <clears throat> Our hot water heater went out at the house here. It took us five days. We were five days without hot water. And it's the same problem, I think, throughout the country. What, what are you saying? I, I, I think it's, I think you you have a mass shortage of people that want to do labor. And I have a plumber that comes into Shuck's Tavern. He says, Fish, I can't get anyone to help me. And he, the guy pays $35 an hour. All right. If you go wow. through the electrical, electrical apprenticeship, you start off at $35, $40 an hour. We can't have mechanics. I took my car in for my alternator. Five years ago, it was a day job. Now it's a week. People don't want to work. I don't know if that's a if that's COVID and getting bumped up. I doubt it. I think the younger people would rather sit. I think it's a laziness. I don't know what it is. 
but it's it's a trend that's very disturbing because you need electricians, you need plumbers, you need metro officers, you need firemen, and, and you need mechanics. And how do you fix this, John? Yeah. Um, well, and again, I you know if you look at uh, Gen Z, those those are the kids, people that are born between 1997 and, and 2012, and they they don't seem to want to be doing those jobs. And in defense of them, those jobs are hard jobs. I mean, it's it's physical work. Oh. So that you, okay. That you, okay. And so uh, let me let me go back because <clears throat> my dad and I know your dad was in either Korea or World War II. And what was fascinating for me growing up was that we had electricians. We had because uh, these guys were trained during the war and they actually after the war um, continued doing stuff like that. So a lot of them were handymen. A lot of them had their own businesses. I had my uh, my uncle Dan had his own oil burner company uh, and he did very, very well. <clears throat> my generation, our generation, um, you know, I wasn't going to do that. Why? Because I got to go to college. I got to be a writer. I got to be a TV host. I got to be a newspaper reporter because I didn't have to do that. And I wasn't, you know, trained. In. I don't think the kids today are trained in it. And you're beginning to see a lot of the kids that are, you know, with all these tech companies, tech companies are laying off a ton of people and especially the young ones. And they don't know what to do. Uh, so I think it's it's something that we've got to get them out there, but at the same time, too, I'm I'm hearing reports that I think things are changing, where a lot of people are beginning to go to it. The community colleges are really offering a lot of programs, uh, so you don't have to spend a lot of money to get the training of it. And at some point, you're going to need some sort of job. So hopefully, it's going to happen. But uh, you know, I think I think things are are beginning to change. I don't I don't see it. I'm in I'm in I'm a grunt. I'm in the world, you know, on that, and I hear I I hear all the complaints. From people's in, the, in those, I can't get people out. I can, we can't hire anybody, and they're putting ads and they're doing everything, and they're on social media, on Facebook pages, saying, "I need, I need people. I'll train you. I'll, I'll put you through your six months apprenticeship or electrical uh, uh, to get your apprenticeship." And and, yeah. and they're not getting any takers. I think what killed everyone. You remember TikTok during COVID? There was a one guy that, that went on a skateboard, drinking cranberry juice, and singing Stevie Nicks songs. Made a million dollars doing that. So every yeah. kid thinks, "I'll do that." You Good know. Point. I'll, that, I'll, that I'll start a, a dot com point. or something like that, but you know what? It doesn't work that way, all right. And I, 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 I I'm not a Debbie Downer like you are, but yeah. it, it's it's concerning because you know what it's going to do when you have to wait five days to get your water heater fixed, and you got to wait an extra week or two. I can't get into physical. I'm a bad back, big deal, right? I work on it. You back five years ago, if I made an appointment for physical therapy, I'm in there that day. Now it's a two to three week wait because they don't have the they don't have the labor force. You know, and, and it's look at the pilots. Did you tell me on one of the previous shows that a lot of delays, John, are because they don't have pilots that are ready to go and they're not. No one wants these jobs. No one wants the flight attendants jobs. It's just what what has happened to our country as far as as far as a viable workforce. Very concerning. Look. Let me get. Let me give you two other factors that that are involved. One is, especially at, uh, during COVID, a lot of people retired. A lot of people just cashed in and retired. And a lot of baby boomers were well off. Who can do it? They got Social Security. They got Medicare. They've got they've got a good pension, so they can do that. So a lot of people retired. They didn't. We haven't filled the void yet of those people retiring. The other problem is immigration. We don't have a proper immigration policy here. And, and again, I, I hear all the Republicans complaining that, 
oh, there are people coming in that just swarms and we got to take care of them and all this and all that. Yes, that's true. But at the same time, too, on the other side, they're not creating it so that we can bring in skilled workers or workers who are going to work. Canada does a great job. They don't allow anybody just to swarm in. You've got to be, you got to have a skill, you got to have a reason to be there, and you either got to have family there. So that's that's the difference too. And part of the problem is it's it's the idiots that are in Congress. I hope we don't get shut down because I called them all idiots, but they're not working together. And there are solutions, especially to these problems, and they're not doing it. First of all, Canada has 25 million people. We have 335 million people. Right. And no one wants to go to Canada unless you want to, because it, it, it's it's frozen half of the year. You come here because you got so many different states to go to, and you have so many different demographics. I get your point, their their theory and and their actions are right, but it, it, it's hard to compare uh, who wants to come to this country and who wants to go to Canada. So I don't. But and you, know, you John, you could use the word idiot. Okay, good. You know, John, if I showed you a peach right now, would you know what that's would an that anus? <laughs> Is it an anus or a butt? <laughs> Move on. Yeah. All right. Hey, Fish, you raised this question. Uh, I want you to hit this. Why are we so stupid about history? Give me your take. Uh, Eli Wiesel or Simon Wiesenthal said, those who forget the past are condemned to repeat it. So I went and looked at some history books from different countries. In, Fran in a French history book in, in high school, for the high school students, there's no recount of the Allies landing at Normandy. And yes, Charles de Gaulle liberated the Champs-Élysées, but Patton allowed him to. So, you know, history is, is written by those who hang heroes, a famous Scottish saying. In our textbooks, nothing about Vietnam, the first war we basically lost. Go to an Iraqi textbook, nothing about Desert Storm. Actually, they said Saddam Hussein won because we backed out. He didn't win. Okay. So everyone <laughs> is, is, as you say, as you said, is, is the hero of their own story. I think it's damaging when you don't when you don't teach history. I have had I, I was around guys that were watching my bar. I Saving Private Ryan was on the background. They had no idea at 40 years old what that movie was about. And it's scary to me that you don't know history, because how do you move forward if you don't know what the past was? Well, and I think a lot of the problems we have today are because of that. I mean, we don't teach civics. So people don't understand what's going on, how government runs and why we have it. We've got idiots in 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 the Congress who don't even know the three branches of government. Um, and it's unfortunately, that's the way it is. And, I, and again, I'll go back to an, another problem on the other end uh, that, that's probably going to make it worse is that there are fewer kids that are going into teaching. The um, amount of kids going into teaching has dropped dramatically from 2010, and it's because Teaching is, isn't fun. It doesn't pay you a whole lot. It's dangerous. Um, so you see a lot of people opting out of that. And so, you know, how do you fix that? I, I don't know. I mean, the news media. I mean, you know, the news media, you can, you can go watch Fox News, go watch MSNBC. They're covering the same story. It's a totally different story. It's a totally different story. Uh, and, and you're watching the same thing. So, you know, you got to do a lot of work to go and figure out what the truth is. And so that's news. Can you imagine in history what, what they're going to do? So anyway, um, 
Let me do our little bye-bye here before we jump into the last topic. We are Daily Fish. We're coming to you from Vegas, Myrtle Beach. We hit sports, entertainment, politics, and everything in between, as you just heard. We're on Facebook at daily.fish.5. Watch us on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel, Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Live. Check out Daily Fish on YouTube, also Wingding TV. We're also on Hey Vegas TV. Go to heyvegastv.com. You can listen to us if you don't want to watch fish in that stupid hat. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon, <clears throat> and all those channels. You can hear our interview chats, especially guests. We got some guests coming up. We just had Brian Cranston. You can go listen to that. If you want to write to us, write to us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. Actually, I think it's a cute hat, Fish. So I don't do that. So, hey, um, before we close out, um, favorite presidents. You know, we, we kind of hadn't talked about that. You got a favorite president? I got two. I know one, 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 you and I have the same one, but I love Teddy Roosevelt. I love his, I, I love lines that the famous uh, quote from presidents and Roosevelt had one that was, I'm a politician. If I'm not kissing your baby, I'm stealing their lollipop. You'll go into more of the things in a second. What Roosevelt did. My favorite president by far is president Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. The greatest quote was ask not what your country could do for you. Ask what you could do for your country. And we need that now more than ever. But I love the way this man led his life. His dad, Joe, was a known racist, was pissed off that he was that he was friends with Sammy Davis Jr. in the, in the Rat Pack. And that's been well documented. Uh, Joe Kennedy was his dad. His brother, Bobby, went up against the mob and Sam Giancana. And a lot of people think they were assassinated because of that. We'll never know. But the parties that Kennedy used to have. First of all, he got things done. But if you could, if the walls could talk. Uh oh, fish kind of went out. He must have hit the uh, wrong button at the wrong time. He's back. no, no, no. If I get a phone call on my phone, if oh. uh, if the walls could talk in 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 the Lincoln bedroom, my God, the stories about Kennedy, Marilyn Monroe, Barbara Davis, all the women that he that he had there, and it's not a, it's not a you know that's not a great look for Jackie, but I will tell you this: the man had must charisma. And balls, military hero, and whether you're dead, and he had a lot of Republicans that liked him, you know, for being, he was probably, uh, the, he was, and he just, there, there's a way he had the swag going about him. And again, I like, I'll ask you this, John, I was thinking about this. If you had to name any presidents that got laid more than John F. Kennedy in the White House, I could name one that I know of, President Clinton, we all know, you know, with Monica Lewinsky. That's but right. Nate, I, I have a couple. Nate, before you go to yours, we have a few minutes here. Can you think of any presidents that frolicked in the White House, like the, the two I just mentioned? Um, I'm trying to go back in history. I uh, Maybe Thomas Jefferson. Oh. oh, that was one I had of. Uh, you know, uh, Andrew Jackson, because he had supposedly 200 kids. All right. What about, I heard Lyndon B. Johnson was a, was a, was a real uh, philanderer. So um, yeah, yeah. Actually, he, he did. I, I heard he used to take. I heard he used to take dumps in the White House with doors open. You know, I mean, weird well, shit about would, presidents. He would yeah. do. He would do interviews um, with the reporters while he was sitting on the can. Love it. All yeah. right. So no, let's yeah. get off that. I, I just. I John F. Kennedy's my guy. What about you? Go. Okay, so I, I I picked Teddy Roosevelt as well. And if you get a chance on the History Channel, they have a docudrama four part series 
uh, on the life of Teddy Roosevelt. And it's fascinating. It goes all the way from, the, you know, when he was with the Rough Riders, when he was the mayor of New York and the governor of New York and how he became he became president totally by accident. It was because uh, McKinley was assassinated and he happened to be vice president and people in New York wanted to get him out of New York. So they asked McKinley, can you put him on the ticket just so we get him out of there so he doesn't do anything? McKinley gets assassinated and uh, TR becomes president and he turns around really what was the whole monopolistic stuff that was going on in the end of the 19th century, turned it into what is the capitalism that we had for the 20th century that really led to the growth of the economy. So he was a, he was a big part of it. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I liked Obama. I thought Obama, even though there was a number of things that Obama did, I didn't like. Uh, but the JFK thing, um, yeah, I would agree with you. And of course, being Irish Catholic, you have to follow him. Um, but you know, you, you mentioned his um, "Ask not what your country can do; ask what you can do for your country." He kind of that was kind of he spun that from the 1950s and changed it. And if you think of of he ushered in the 1960s, where you know you had things like um, um, you know, UNICEF and you had, um, you know, P you know, Peace Corps and stuff like that. So people, especially young kids, started really volunteering to try to help the country. And you started seeing that happening. So he did have a big influence on there. Um, there's a um, interesting uh, it's a documentary on Netflix about Marilyn Monroe. And I don't know, it's it's gotten slammed a little bit, but the it seemed to say that it, it, it wasn't just Teddy. It wasn't Teddy. It wasn't Teddy at all. It was uh, JFK. It was RFK that Marilyn had more of a relationship with that people didn't know about. Oh, they, they had parties left and right in, in, in that house. And it's, it's not, you know, it's not a good look for Jackie Onassis, who great woman, great first lady. But yeah. I'll tell you two presidents that never got laid in the White House had extracurricular activities. I can guarantee you Jimmy Carter and Harry Truman never they just don't look like the type of guys, but you never know. One thing about Kennedy, too, and I was two, I was three years old at the time. You were maybe eight and remember it. Yep. But I, I do know this, and I've watched a million documentaries on a serious note, that we were a pubic hair away from going to a nuclear war during the Cuban Missile Crisis. I don't think people realize, John, you could lighten sure. our audience. You know more about it if you followed it. I think we were that very close to – I know Fidel Castro – told uh, Nikita Khrushchev, who was the president of Russia, hit Miami with a nuclear bomb. And thank God Khrushchev had enough to say, if we hit Miami, there's no more Cuba. And it, it, it was, if you watch some of the documentaries, what went on in the White House, J, the JFK movie with Kevin Costner, uh, how accurate was that? Because it was, wow, was that, was that a stressful watch, John? Uh, you know, based on a, a lot of the history books that I've read, it was it was right on there. And it was uh, there were scary moments. And again, I was. You know, I had to be you know, you're right. JFK was I was eight when he was assassinated. So I had to be six. And to be honest with you, and again, I had a, a dad who was in World War Two. Those were tense times. I mean, we really Jeez. thought. There was going to be, and in fact, they used to, you know, when you were in school, you had to do the, you know, the duck under the desk uh, type things. Sure. And it's like, when you laugh at it now, it's like, would that have really helped if they dropped a nuclear bomb? But there was something about Khrushchev um, that um, the fact that the two of them could talk uh, and they actually reached out to each other, but there were some really tense, tense moments. 
we got a couple of minutes left. I, I'm glad you brought that up because you just said the fact that Khrushchev could talk and behind the scenes, him and Kennedy got together, which made, you know, Khrushchev was, was basically crucified for that by, by the Russian part, by the, by the, uh, the Kremlin. But he had enough balls to get in touch with Kennedy and they talked. And the fact that we can't get Putin and Biden to talk when who knows what's going on behind the scenes. I think Putin's crazier than a shithouse rat. And you said it. You know, sometimes I agree with you that if, if, if what's going on right now in Ukraine goes really south for the Russians, he might resort to chemical or, or nuclear weapons. We don't have a dialogue anymore between our leaders. And that is in the times now we can't learn. Those who forget the past are condemned to repeat it. We can't learn from the past that maybe something like this could happen again. It's scary. You know, it is. Um, let me. So some of the history books had uh, talked about that. Um, you're right. Khrushchev kind of took it on the chin from the Kremlin. Um, but Kennedy did give up a lot, but it didn't come out. And Kennedy said, I'm going to give you this. And it was, I think it was a removal of some, of some troops in, in, in Eastern Europe or something like that. And I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was a removal of some. I, I remember what, it, I remember what it was. It was a base in Turkey and he gave Russians basic control of that base in Turkey. And then they turned around. Who was the guy that, who was the guy that took off his shoe and said, no, who was, who was the guy? Was it Adelaide Stevenson said, we'll stay until hell freezes over. Um, when they were negotiating, was it, if you, uh, yeah, Adley Stevenson was there. in the. He was he was in the White House. Uh, he was yeah, in the cabinet. guy? It was a guy. You got to watch it. It was a critical time in American history because, uh, and you could see why so many people, so many Cubans in Miami can't stand Fidel. He really wanted. He he wanted every single historical documentary I've seen about that crisis. Fidel Castro wanted the Russians to send a nuke into Miami, and mm-hmm. he. That's how ridiculously stupid he was and thank god thank god cooler heads prevailed because well you know if a, if a warhead goes what what was it what was the uh was it uh god damn it was it what was it uh where it was a famous yeah it's so cold that i can't think of it so with lee j cobb <laughs> where we send no where we send where we send yep he got another phone call or maybe he's Going out to look and doing a search on. We, we uh, sent a missile into Moscow uh, uh, accidentally. It ends up um, that we that they have to that we allow one to go into New York, and it's all it's mm-hmm. inside of uh, yeah. the war rooms. What was yep. it? I can't remember the name of the movie, but I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was good. It okay. was good. Uh, but, someone, 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 chime in. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody's talking right. when when they hear uh, you and me talking. So, um, uh, in comparing it to to Putin. And what's going on? Um, Tom Friedman um, wrote a great book, and he wrote a lot of good books. And I'm trying to remember what one of them was, but I remember when I was in Russia, I actually quoted it was, you know, the fact that the Russians and the Americans are on different sides, they at least knew that nuclear weapons were going to end everything. And the problem I think with Putin is, I don't think care. I don't think Putin cares if he ends everything. That's to me what's what's really really scary. Um, and the fact that, you know, if you think through the Cold War from, you know, 1946, 1945, when, you know, everybody had nuclear weapons and nothing happened. Um, and now it's coming back with the threat of it. That's that's what's scary. So um, okay. and there's, so now, there's now, now that John, now that now all you young people watching this, John is at the end of the world because of, of Putin. Please watch this last Super Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks because it could be the end. It could Enjoy be it. the end of all. 
<laughs> All right, buddy. Get us out of here. All right, pal. Again, we're Daily Fish, folks. We'll be back next week. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Got any questions? Dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, brother. Love you. Love you. Bundle up. <laughs>